0: Thank you, Pastor Larry, for the introduction. Shalom, Gratians, here at Bukit Bato and online. Welcome to our Sunday service here. When Senior Pastor Wilson asked me to speak at Grace, I thought it would be like my other speaking engagements. Little would I know that I would have to speak at three weekend services Thank you, Pastor Wilson, for the invitation and his bold leap of faith in giving me this pulpit this morning. We are in the second part of the Intransit series this morning, and the topic is Work in Transition. Shall we pray first? Father, we thank You for Your goodness upon our lives. We thank You for Your presence this morning. Thank you for being here in our midst. Your presence is all we need. Holy Spirit, please speak to us this morning as we open our hearts to you. Lord, use your servant to speak forth your message on your holy ground. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The big idea for today is we need to reframe what work is from biblical perspectives. There will be three parts in my sharing this morning. Part one, biblical perspectives of work. Part two, transitioning into the next normal. And part three, three Ps to face the three Us. Let me start by asking everyone here a question. Do you work? Wave to me if you do. And those online watching, press and hit the button if you do work. Wave to me. Alright, I'm not seeing many hands, but we will visit, revisit this question uh, later. Now, very often we hear that if one could well afford not to work, why would one work? Friends tells us that they stop working, to take care of their kids and elderly parents. I'm often asked if I'm retiring soon. So we are ingrained with the concept of that one either works or one does not work. Work is therefore synonymous with being gainfully employed or not working implies contribution with no financial gains. There are many types of work. Today, whether you are a student, a pastor, a homemaker, a doctor, a lawyer, a banker, a domestic helper, or simply a social enterprise entrepreneur, we all work. There are just many types of work. Being gainfully employed is just one type of work. So would I be working when I retire? Yes, of course. It simply means that I'm moving to a new season and doing a different type of work. Let us now examine the biblical perspectives of work. There are 800 references in the Bible about work. Work must be important to God. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the first chapter, first verse in the Bible. It says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. May I propose to you the first biblical perspective of work is that in the beginning, there was work and God Himself worked. In the beginning there was work and God Himself worked. Let's move on to read Genesis 1 verses 27 to 28. So God created man in His own image. In His image, in the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. And God blessed them and God said, Be fruitful, and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds in the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. In Supernatural Series Sermon number 3, we learn that we are created in His image. We are called to image God and be images of God at work and in our workplace. So friends, we are all working when we are imaging God impacting lives and benefiting societies and lives. We were designed to be God's partners to rule the earth. Let me tell you a story. My late grandmother took care of me until I was 12 years old. She had eight children. It is definitely hard work to take care of my grandfather, the household, the family, me and two siblings. My grandmother has never been gainfully employed. But she worked very hard and indeed, She worked. Caring for kids and elderly is caring for God's creation. And that is work. The second perspective is we are all working when we are imaging God, impacting lives, and contributing to the betterment of lives and society. Let me now present to you the third perspective by reading Colossians chapter 3 verse 23. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for man. Work therefore is an act of worship as work is sacred and God's design for humanity. What then is the best act of worship through work? You might ask me. To me, it is excellent work done with integrity and in partnership with God in making a better world and touching lives. In my work life, I've been known for my standards, quality of work and integrity. I lead a professional services company across Asia. Some clients are fair and some are more than fair, but there will always be a few who are not as fair and leverage on every opportunity to press down our fees. But Colossians 3.23 tells me that whatever I do, work heartily for the Lord and not for men. Whether I'm paid a dollar, or $100, I will deliver same quality. Because I am working for the Lord and His glory. It is a norm to deliver a dollar value piece of work when paid a dollar, and it is a fair deal to do so. However, Jesus is my boss and the ultimate shareholder of my company. He knows what no one else knows, and He sees when no one else is even aware. My work is not a means to an end. It is not to make my shareholders happy by making more revenue. It is my act of worship to God. My ultimate goal is to honour Him with my work that brings glory to His name by giving my very best because I am serving the King of Kings and Elohim of Elohim. With that, I hope my clients will thank God for my work. This morning, friends, may we all be VIP at work. Very impactful person at work and workplace. In summary, may I propose to you the following biblical perspectives of work. Firstly, God Himself worked and is working. Secondly, our status is image of God. Our reward is lives impacted. Every work is a call from God and work is sacred and it is an act of worship to God. So may I ask you the question again, do you work? Wave to me if you do and those of you in the online watching, press a button to indicate that you do work. Yes, I'm seeing more hands now. Friends, we are all working when we are imaging God, impacting lives and contributing to the betterment of lives and societies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In part two, let's look at transitioning to the next normal. We know we are in a transition now. We are experiencing the new normal, but yet to arrive at the next normal. Transition is nothing new. We all experienced transition in our lives before. We transit from a child to an adult to a senior citizen. We transit from one level of work to another. We transit from this temporal life to eternal life. Moving to a new home involves transition. Labour pain is a transition place to a new birth. Chemotherapy is a transition to regaining health. Transition may not be a phase that we might enjoy. But the thought of a baby is coming soon, the thought of moving to a new home soon, and the thought of regaining health, and the thought of eternal life, these thoughts press, help us to press on. If so, why and how is this transition different? It could be because of the magnitude, the speed of change, the three U's: the unprecedented, the uncertainties, and the unknowns. In early May 2020, the CEO of Microsoft said this: "We have seen in two years, birth of digital transformation in just two months. Covid-19 has certainly changed our lives, and quite permanently so. How have your lives changed in 2020?" For some of us, work-life boundaries have collapsed. For another, work-family conflicts have increased. For some, feelings of social isolation have intensified. And for most of us, overworking has become normalized. And work-life balance has become nothing more than an aspiration. All these have contributed and resulted in challenges in our mental, emotional, and physical well-being. Some of us are impacted more than others, but all of us here, we are impacted one way or another. Friends, we are still in transit. In the new normal, getting close to the next normal, but not yet. You may then ask me, what does the new normal look like? Suggestions by analysts, widely published, point towards three trends. One, hybrid remote work. Two, increased use of digital channels. Three, acceleration in automation. If that's what, next normal looks like, how will it impact our employment and employability, our business, our industry and our country? Predicting the future of work and the next normal is tricky. Your guess is as good as mine. But three, at least three constants remain. One Organisational performance will always be important. Two, it is still dependent on human beings, you and I, or me. Thirdly, God is sovereign and He is the same Creator God today as He was in Genesis. We have heard much about the robots the artificial intelligence and the algorithms replacing human beings and taking away our jobs. May I ask you this morning, do you think you will be replaced by robots? Those of you online can react on the online chat. Do you think you will be replaced by robots? I do not. Why? because it is not God's intent. We are given the status imaging God and such a status is never given to robots. That's not God's design for work and humanity. Last year, the World Economic Forum released a report estimating that by 2025, 85 million jobs may be displaced by a shift in labour division between human and robots. But hear this, hear this. While 97 million new roles may emerge, friends, it's all about reskilling and upskilling with skills and knowledge so that we can continue to image God at work. It starts with three P's: recentering our purpose, realigning our perspectives, and resetting our priorities to face the three U's: the unprecedented, the unknowns, and the uncertainties. And this is part three of my sharing this morning. The three P's to face the three U's. The unprecedented, the unknowns, and the uncertainties. The first P is purpose. Purpose. Many of us have asked ourselves at one point or another, what is my life purpose? What do I exist for? What is the meaning of life? May I suggest to you this morning, Our purpose in life God originally created us is to, number one, glorify God and enjoy fellowship with Him. Number two, fellowship with one another. And number three, work and have dominion over the earth. This is a generic but a sacred call to everyone. And each of us, you and I, We have a unique call to different type of work, profession and workplace. So each of us have a general call and a unique call in our lives. Every type of work is a call of God. It is a spiritual calling. In God's economy, all work is equal and none is more sacred and of higher status. God has given everyone, you and me, a unique thumbprint that we shall live in that no one else can in His providential plan. Let me tell you another story. Over a dinner, I asked my five-year-old goddaughter, if you were to become a teacher, and being a Christian, what does she think God would want her to do? But in seconds, she said to me, I will do daily devotionals with my class. I will pray for the children who are sick and who are in need. She must have observed what her teachers do and must have developed a conviction within her that, it is good. Over and above academic excellence, her teachers have nurtured Christian values in her and her classmates. Whatever work and call that God has called you to, be God's fingers to impact lives and move this world closer to Eden. Let's live our lives and calling first by recentering purpose, our purpose, and secondly by realigning our perspectives. The second P is perspectives. When I was preparing for this sharing, I did a mini quick survey and asked Christian friends to answer two questions. I would like to thank 120 believers who responded very quickly. I asked them two questions. First question: What is the one key word that describes your 2020? The top three responses, as you can see in the word cloud here, is challenges, uncertainty, and unprecedented. Second question I asked them: what is one key word? that describes what God was to you in 2020. The very obvious and top response is faithful. Most describe their 2020 as challenging, uncertain, and unprecedented. Thank God that most of us experience and describe God as faithful. He is faithful. Let me share with you another story. In February and March 2020, my company's China business had zero revenue because of the lockdown in Wuhan. In China, when they do a lockdown, it's a total lockdown. That means no work, not even work from home, zero income. And revenue for the rest of the countries fell by half. In April 2020, our group revenue dropped by 70% year-on-year. I've experienced five major recessions in my work life, starting from the 1987 Black Monday, to the 2008 Great Depression. And this is my sixth recession. And now you can guess my age. And Pastor Wilson will give you a prize for getting it right. So those of you online, please just type a number and you will get your prize. What is the difference then between this round versus the last storm in 2008? Let me share with you the difference, and the major difference is my perspective. In 2008, I saw the storm, and I focused on solution: storm and solution. With much panic, I provided myself a solution and calm the storm. I saw a condominium as a solution. Did I pray? Of course. Did God help me? I lent a hand to God and I thank Him for helping me. In 2020, I saw Jesus and also the storm, but I focused on Jesus. I saw the process of inner transformation between my prayers and God Answer. Did God help me? Of course He did. But I waited. I waited for His provision which was way beyond my imagination. Above all, the process of inner transformation between my prayers and my answers and God's answers matured my faith in Him. Friends, Focus on Christ puts everything in perspective. If we view transition as disruption, distraction and disruption, our priorities are just to overcome frustrations, anxieties and depression. Focusing on Christ puts everything in perspective. Now let me draw your attention to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 33 to 37. It's a long passage. I will summarize and then focus on two verses only. Most of us are familiar with the David and Goliath story, where David fought and killed a giant, probably double his height. The devil's strategy is nothing new. In David's battle against Goliath, in our battle against COVID-19 pandemic, we can see the same strategy being used against believers. Inject fear, fan worries, instill anxieties to distract, demoralize and depress us. If we succumb, even if we could stand up to fight, we will fight with apprehension or maybe even wobbly licks. We read here in this passage, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 32 to 37. We observe a contrast between David's and Saul's perspective. Let's look at the contrast. In verse 37, and David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. David saw things from the Lord's perspective. David saw God, what God had done and helped him to conquer the animals that had attacked his flock when he was a shepherd boy. David had faith that God would do the same now and his focus was on God. But Saul and the men of Israel saw things from the man's perspective. Let's read verse 33. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. Saul saw... David's youth, size, and weakness versus Goliath's built, strength, so focused on the storm resulting in much anxieties, doubt, and fear. Friends, in every valley and mountaintop, deep and shallow waters that you are in today, What matter most are our God-centred life purpose and perspectives through the eyes of God. This calls for rejecting totally the schemes of the devil, setting our focus on our Almighty God and putting our total faith in Him, remembering our identity and calling. This morning, friends here at Grace Bukit Battle and online, have you been seen through the lens of God like David or through the lens of man like Saul? Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you regarding the lens that you have been using. When you allow God to speak to you, you will begin to reset your priorities in his will and plan. The third P would be priorities. For priorities, I shall read from Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 to 39. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the Lord? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind this is the great and first commandment and a second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself from Matthew chapter 22 verses 36 to 39 may i propose to you this morning three top priorities we should focus in our lives Love God, love others, love ourselves to love others. And today we will speak in the context of work and workplace. First priority, top priority, love God. In the first P, purpose, we have learned that we are created to have fellowship with God. When we love God, we desire to fellowship with Him. I'm still learning to put a hard stop to my work when it starts encroaching into my fellowship time with God in knowing Him. Our work and ministry matter to God, but we matter to Him more. When we love God, we desire to fellowship with Him. Secondly, We love God when He is in the central in all my work. We go to work with God and we work with God. Let's not leave God out of the equation. I'm first a child of God and second a consultant. Before I go to any meeting, I speak to my Father before I speak to my clients. At the end of the day, I give thanks and sometimes I repent. We love God when God is in the center in all our work. Thirdly, We love God and we express gratitude to God in all circumstances. Let's read Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In all circumstances, include all, exclude none. In good times, in bad times, rejoice and give thanks. Absence of gratitude means self reliance and entitlement. We are not self made, we are God made. Who and what we are and what we have are all a gift. From God, we are God-made. Our first and top priority is love God, for we have been created to fellowship with God. We love God when He is central in all our work. We love God when we express our gratitude to God in all circumstances at all times. The second priority: love others. In first P, Purpose, we learn that we are created to have fellowship with one another. Most of us are still working from home today. Remote work and physical distancing regulations are separating us physically. But they must not separate us relationally. For we are created to have fellowship with one another. It warms my heart whenever I receive notes from family and friends sending me their thoughts and their wishes. And last year, my company, we made mask holders and sent to our clients and wished them optimal health. Physical distancing must not be relational separation. Care for people, practice compassion, offer whatever help we can. Perhaps let's start with Grace Care's program. People need the Lord. The last but not least priority is love self. We have to love ourselves so that we can love others. And we love others as we love ourselves. In this world, which is driven by speed of efficiency, where instant response time is demanded from us, where fewer employees are expected to take on more work, it is important that we practice self-care and rest. Rest is the best way we love self. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 to 3, it says this, On the seventh day, God finished His work that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work that He has done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all His work that He has done in creation. God Himself rested from all His work on the seventh day. Rest is the best way to love ourselves. Allow ourselves to have space to reflect, to recharge, to renew and rejuvenate. This is good for our body, soul and spirit. Let me summarize the three Ps for you because This is not going to be the only unprecedented times and transition that we will go through. There will be more to come as we are living in the last days. The three Ps are purpose, perspectives, and priorities. And the three U's are unprecedented, uncertainties, and unknowns. As you can see in this diagram here, When we centre our purpose in God and align our perspectives through the lens of God, we have clarity in vision. When we centre our purpose in God and set our priorities in His will, we will have focus in direction. When we align our perspectives through the lens of God and set our priorities in His will, we have targeted action. Friends, when we have clarity of vision, focus in direction, and targeted action, we will walk in fulfilment. We will walk in fulfilment because we have centred our purpose in God, we have aligned our perspectives through the lens of Jesus, and we have set our priorities in His will. In closing, may I encourage everyone here at Bukit Battle and online, take courage and trust God through these transitions in your life. Seek God in recentering your purpose in Him, realign your perspectives through the lens of Jesus, and reset your priorities. At this moment, let us bow our head and respond to God in our own ways. In one way or another, the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. Just respond to God at this moment. The one message that God has put in your heart, it is important that we make a commitment to God this morning and respond to Him. God had laid upon my heart to speak to three groups of people this morning. Here at Grace Bukit Battle and online. The first group of you, work has pulled you away from God. Today, I urge you to return to God and surrender your heart and life to God. Recenter your purpose and calling. The second group of you, this pandemic year has taken a toll on you be it mentally, emotionally, physically, or in your relationships. Perhaps you have lost your job or you are at a crossroad. Would you ask the Holy Spirit this morning to help you see through God's perspectives? And the third group of you, God has placed you in a position of influence that impacts lives, the society and the country. He has given you a position of influence to build His Kingdom, but you might have been building your name, power and career. Today, reset your priorities. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in one way or another, respond to Him by raising your hand to Him now. Respond to him in our own way. To the Lord now. As the worship team leaders in song, let's respond to the Lord now. Hallelujah.